Everybody, glad to have you here today. We're going to be taking our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Wanted to let the church family know that this morning, as we step into 2 Corinthians, um, it is the series that we're going to be in as we walk through the book of 2 Corinthians. So we'll probably be there a Sunday or two. Uh, and uh, as I said in Sunday school, my class, well, maybe three Sundays. Uh, um, so we just walk through, <laughs> we walk through and uh, just see what the Bible has to say for us uh, as we walk through this book. I'm going to tell you, I didn't choose the book for any particular reason, as if there was an issue in the church that I'm addressing. I find that the Bible is good enough to address our issues when we go through scripture and uh it's appropriate for us to come to the Word of God and to seek the mind of the Lord. And the truest sense of worship is not that we give God our praise simply in song, but that we surrender to his sovereign hand, that we surrender to his majesty. So this morning, in this service, you can worship him as we surrender to who he is, to what he's about, to what he wants us to know about him and how he wants us to navigate the time in which we live. As we step into 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it's again a reminder that God is at work in each of our lives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul is going to start, and know this, the, the title of the message is The God of All Comfort. The God of All Comfort. And as we step into this, Paul is dealing with some trouble in the Corinthian church. This is his third letter, it's our 2 Corinthians, but it's his third letter to the Corinthians and his missionary journeyings, and he has written a letter prior to this that was somewhat stern and confrontive and dealing with division in the church and dealing with trouble in the church, and you also recognize from 1 Corinthians he was dealing with trouble from there when he said in really chapters one through three, that he couldn't speak to them as spiritual and as unto carnal. So there's a lot of trouble that the Corinthian believers were dealing with. And he starts here with recognizing his position in the Lord that God has called him to in what he's doing. Verse one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by what? By the will of God. And he goes on to say, and Timothy, our brother, who is included in many of his letters and epistles, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, which with all the saints which are, which are in all Achaia. Now, Achaia is what we would know as uh, the general region of modern-day Greece. Okay, so that's where that is located, located just east of Italy. Uh, so it's modern-day Greece is where he's talking about. When he includes Achaia, he's talking to the churches, to the uh, saved in that general area, but of course, uh, an epistle or a letter written for all believers, but addressing... These believers, as they're navigating life and then recognizing at the beginning that God has called him to be what God has called him to be. And he says he's an apostle by, of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And you and I here this morning, we recognize that God has called us to such a time and place as this. He's called us to such a time and place in history as where we sit today. And uh, any of you longing for heaven? Any of you eager? I had a believer say that uh, another believer sent me to, uh, a message this week, something about Israel and that the Lord's coming soon. Is the Lord coming soon? The Lord's coming when he's coming, and we better be watching and praying and ready. And in the, in the meantime, serving, right? So when he comes, 
may he find us serving and living for his glory. But he's coming again. So Howard's saying, when Jesus comes, all right? So when we, when we come to Christ, he makes a difference in every way. But in the life of the believer, we have a partnership with that of surrender. Are we going to surrender to his, his will, his navigation in our lives? Are any of you exactly where you want to be in life? That's kind of a tricky question. Uh, do you think you know what we're, where you're going to be a year from now? And what are you going to do five years from now? I mean, again, a lot of us, we're hoping that we won't be here five years from now, that God will come back for us all and take us to glory. But in God's plan, we recognize he has a plan, and it is his will that he put us here at this time and season. Now, he comes into a, a greeting of the letter in verse 2, where he says, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to know peace, you're going to have to come to God. Romans 15, 13 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that she may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. If you want to know peace, you're going to have to come to God. And by the way, for believers, if you're lacking peace, you need to get your eyes back on your Savior. Amen? So let's get our eyes fixed on him. And I, I say that because I think often of Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. It says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That word stayed has the idea of an adhesion like a glue, fixed. And it goes on to say, because he trusteth in thee. And then it gives you the reason to trust in him. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Amen? So God's got this. God's got what's going on. God has uh, a plan. He's going to work his plan. But as you read this passage... Grace to you is his prayer for the Corinthian believers and those in Achaia, the region beyond, for all saints that we would know this peace that God gives. Now, an appropriate beginning to this letter is in verse 3, where we read this, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Now, we're going to break this down in a moment, and we're not going to get much further than verse 3 today. But we do well this morning to do what verse 3 is talking about. When you read blessed, blessed throughout the Bible has different connotations. It generally means happy. It also means to have God's favor shown upon you. But when you read this word blessed be God, the word blessed is eulongetas. And it means the idea or has the idea of to be praised, to be adored. So when you read blessed here, it has a sense of being praised or adored. Let me ask you, do you have reason to adore the Lord this morning? Do you have reason, do you have reason to praise him? Do you know God's goodness in your life? If I was giving you the opportunity, would you praise the Lord? All right, so I'm going to give you an opportunity. Let's take our, yeah, that's good, praise the Lord. Uh, take, your, uh, take your hymn books. I'm going to call Pastor Phil up here and Derek, if he's still back there. We keep Derek in the back. <clears throat> <clears throat> this is not the praise team. <laughs> we, got the, we got the praise team here. The, he called us the three tenors. <laughs> not really. I, I'm, I'm having us sing this together because it's a complicated song. It's page 16. It's got three pages. And I wanted us to sing this together under the banner 
of praising the Lord together. It says, come praise the Lord with me. So when we read here in this passage, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are in a partnership as a church family where we get to come to this place today in the midst of all the junk that the world's got going on and the mess in, in the midst of all the mess that we are, and we can come and rejoice in praising God together. Amen? You want to do that? I want to do that? You want to do that? We, we get to praise God. And praising God is medicine for the soul. So we're going to do that together. I've asked Wendy, the orchestra, to join us. So you may not know the song. We're going to sing it once because it's a long song. It is complicated. As you turn to page 17, uh, it's got a repeat there, and then it builds to the end. And I, uh, let's just praise God together, okay? Come praise the Lord with me. Come praise the Lord with me. Come praise the Lord. Worthy is he to be praised and adored. Let us together his glories proclaim. Joining our voices to honor his name. glad came church. Thank you, musicians. You can take yourself to your seats. You put your hymn books away, didn't you? Page 50. <clears throat> Page 50 is Be Thou Exalted. Let's exalt the Lord together. Page 50. 
Page 50, be thou exalted. We'll sing this one, Acapulco. <laughs> be thou, that's where we'll be. Be thou, ready? Be thou exalted forever and ever, God of eternity, the ancient of days. Wondrous in wisdom, majestic in glory, perfect in holiness, and worthy of praise. Be thou exalted by seraphs and angels. Be thou exalted with harp and with song. Saints in their anthems of rapture adore thee. Thine be the glory forever. Amen. Keep it moving here. Be thou exalted, O Son of the highest, Savior of sinful men, Redeemer and King. One with the Father, co-equal in glory, humbly we come to Thee, our homage to bring. Be Thou exalted by seraphs and angels, be Thou exalted with harp and with song. Saints in their anthems of rapture adore thee. Thine be the glory forever. Amen. Be thou exalted. Lift it up now. O Spirit of power, dwelling within our hearts to keep us from sin. God of the ages, salvation, ruler of all heaven and earth, thy praises we sing. Be thou exalted by seraphs and angels. Be thou exalted with harp and with song. Saints in their anthems of rapture adore thee. Thine be the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Be thou exalted. All right, you don't know this one. It's amazing what praising can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, it's amazing what praising can do. Hallelujah, I don't worry when things go wrong. Jesus fills my heart with a song. It's amazing what praising can do. Hallelujah. Designed for tenors, okay? All right, sorry for so high. It's amazing what praising can do. Be thou exalted. Come praise the Lord with me. This is what we do as believers. 2 Corinthians 1.3, blessed be God. 
adored, praised. It's medicine for the soul because God is the one that, as in verse 2 says, gives peace. And he does it through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. We could really focus all the message this morning on how God, through his son, brought peace to the world. This wonderful, this counselor, this prince of peace who's come to give you peace and a peace that you can experience right now in the midst of a troubled world. Is it a troubled world? Isn't it? Isn't it a troubled world? And, and I, I, I appreciate it. Believers are ministering to me through the week as they walk through their week together. And someone just sent a letter yesterday and they said, what a year 2021 has been. And, and, and they said they don't know how people without Christ are navigating through this time. And I'll tell you what they're doing. They're biting their fingernails off. They're chewing their fingernails. They're, they're worried and they're, there's a lot of anxiety. And sadly for many believers, they're in the same place. Because we've gotten our eyes off of the sovereign king of kings who has a plan. And his plans are not thwarted. His plans are not messed up. He's got it. And he's, got it. he's working out his plan. And he's working it out through you as you navigate this time. And as we get our eyes on him, this God who we are adoring gives us the benefit of peace. The sigh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And it's going to be okay because God is working out his plan for the ages. It says, blessed be God. And as we look at that, I want to take a moment at a couple of other epistles where this blessed is uh, opened up into what areas God blesses us and reason we can pray, praise him. It's Ephesians 1 and verse 3. It's 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 5. So go to Ephesians 1, 3 for a moment. Ephesians 1, 3 for a moment. It's hard to know once you start reading in Ephesians 1 exactly where should you stop. Um, so Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to pick up in verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in, hev in heavenly places in Christ. Can you say amen to that? Do you even know all the blessings that you have in Christ? The answer, no, you don't. Matter of fact, he's blessed, with, blessed us with things that are now ours as believers that we're going to experience in the ages to come. So verse 4, according as he hath chosen us in him before what? The foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. How is it that we can be without blame in the sight of God? One answer, Jesus Christ. He took all of our sin, amen? 
He took all of our sin, past, present, and future. When you place your faith in Jesus Christ, he gives you complete forgiveness through the redemptive work of the blood of Christ applied to your life. So when he sees your life as someone who's expressed faith in Christ, he sees Christ's blood applied to your account, and he says in this verse, it's done from the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, that God will not hold our sin against us because Jesus paid it all. And I, every time I say that, I want to do that. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Amen. Huh? Verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after after the counsel of his own will, verse 12, would you read it out loud with me? That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Praise God. Praise God for how he's blessed us to this point. Praise God for how he's going to bless us in the future. Amen? I got a question for you. Did God's blessings leave your life? because there was an announcement of COVID? Did God's blessings leave your life because the president made a decree? Does it mean that there are difficulties that we have to navigate? Yep. Is it affecting our people? Yes. There's, there's some of our church family right here today who live in the medical arena work in the medical arena and have had the vaccination forced upon them and have made a choice that they believe that that's not what they should do and sought a religious exemption. I worked with them to help write that religious exemption or to affirm that. They presented their religious exemption and were fired. Putting their house up on the market, gonna sell the house and move to a different direction. Does that affect us? Yes, it does. I was talking to my son, and he wasn't aware of the um, legislation that President Biden, or the decree, I'm going to call it, that President Biden was putting forward, and uh, he was starting to do what many are doing right now. What will I do? What will I do? Whose wisdom do you need to navigate this world? Do you need me to tell you what to do? Say it out loud. Thank you. 
monkey, over there. You don't need me. Who do you need? But I will tell you that the God of ages who loves you has a plan for you. And you're going to navigate this time either focused on him or not. Now, as a child of God, don't you agree with me that I hate, I, I hate to put it in the realm of obligation, but aren't we obligated to look to our Lord? I don't like that context. I want to look to my Lord. Don't you? I, I, I feel like I'm really saying what you want to say. Don't you want to look to God? Don't you want his wisdom for what to do? And you need it, and I need it. And it's a mess. I, I, I've got a prediction for you. I've got a prediction for you. If you'll send me 1999. <laughs> I'm going to bless this for $32. I'll give you a prediction. Wait. For $52. (laughs) The prediction is this isn't the last mess we're going to go through. It's okay. God has good things in store for his children. You and I have got to reconcile back into 2 Corinthians verse 3, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It goes on to say the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort that this blessed God has blessed us in Ephesians 1. He's blessed us with a relationship with Jesus Christ where we know him as our Savior. It changes everything. You can lose your house, you can lose your health, you can lose your address, you can lose and lose and lose the material things of this world, and, and it's okay because that's not what this world is about. Is there some wonder over, okay, well, I, I may have to change jobs, then what? Trust God, he'll guide you. But in his guidance, it doesn't mean that there won't be a speed bump. It doesn't mean that there won't be a dip in the road. It doesn't mean that there won't be trouble. But he will guide. And he, let me ask you this, has he guided you already? So why do we come today to this time in history and think, oh no. Some of our senior seniors here, Don Rhodes, is God blessed to guide your life? Every time, right? Have you seen some bumps along the way? Howard, Sharon, seen some trouble? Has God guided you? So I want our seniors to say, can, can, can our people trust God? I think sometimes we need to also recognize that sometimes the way we're walking through things, we're scaring our children by our lack of trust. Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. I remember my parents saying this. 
I'm worried for what our children are going to experience. I'm on the phone with my oldest son last night, and he says, Dad, you don't know how many times I've said, I wish I lived in the generation you grew up in. And then he said, but then I thought about it and I realized, oh, he didn't say it this way, but what he was really saying is you guys were a mess too. <laughs> right? right? Howard, was your generation a mess? A little bit? <laughs> Don, do you guys have any, like what, what wars were going on during your, your time? Do you remember any major events? World War II. Pearl Harbor, World War II. So I think you just said it. You used a word, junk. <laughs> and I, I, don't, I don't suppose it's wrong, but I think there's an initial response to what's going on in the world of, of oh my... <gasps> But I think the more mature you become in Christ, the less you have that. I think the more you walk with the Lord, the less you have that. Ah. And it doesn't ignore the fact that there are problems, but blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. As it says in Ephesians 1, who's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Now, 1 Peter 1, if you'll go there. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. First Peter 1, 3 through 5, we read, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively or a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see how that our hope is hinging upon the resurrected Savior? To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by what? How are we kept in this relationship? By the power of God through faith unto salvation, which is ready to be revealed in the last time. Blessed be this God. At Psalm 18, verse 46, it says, The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be, you know how it ends? Let the God of my salvation say it be exalted. So, when trouble comes, instead of cowering under the trouble or falling under the trouble, our hands reach up and praise and exalt a God who is sovereign over all. And a God who is working out his plan. And you can be thankful for everybody who's in position of power, everybody who's in position of making decisions, because God uses those things to navigate his plan. And if it takes this to work out God's plan, I certainly don't want to take the wheel from God's hand and say, I'm going to do my thing. I have found that God is smarter than me. 
Can you trust him? Will you exalt him? Psalm 86. Psalm 86. Psalm 86. Bow down thine ear. Bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am, say it, poor and needy. When it comes to resource of strength, can you identify here? When it comes to being able to handle all that life throws at you in your strength, can you identify with I am poor and needy? Preserve my soul, for I am holy, O thou my God. Save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Now, by the way, I'm going to say that again, a rejoicing Christian doesn't mean that you never cry. A rejoicing Christian doesn't mean that you never are affected with tears or emotions or sad things that come in your life. This is evident of someone who's trusting in the Lord that there's a crying out to the Lord because of the circumstances of the day. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul, for thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive. Would you read the rest of the verse out loud? And plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Is God plenteous in mercy to you? Is he merciful to you? Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications, my prayers, my crying out. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord. Neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone, and all God's people said. Now, in verse 11, a prayer, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O God, thou the proud are risen against me, and the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul and have not set thee before them. But thou, O Lord, art a God, what does it say? Full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. O turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant and save the son of thine handmaid. Show me a token for good that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed because thou, Lord, hast helped me. 
and comforted me. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Blessed be God, 2 Corinthians 1.3, 2 Corinthians 1.3, blessed, let's read it out loud together, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. So this morning, our exercise has been to exalt, to praise, to lift up the name of God. And to recognize that peace comes from him in verse 2. Grace and peace. But in verse 3, it says, the father of mercies. So I want to ask you very pointed questions. I know what time it is. Has God been merciful to you? If you were to mark all the ways that God has been merciful to you, how long would the list be? If you were given time, how long would it take to account the mercies of God in your life? Mercy comes from the Lord. This morning, there could be people who are not saved. I'm going to say frankly, and if you and I were sitting at coffee, I'm just going to say, why would you ever not come to a God who wants to be merciful to you? Why would you not come to him? Some people think, well, my sins are too great. My sins are too many. I'll give you a doctrinal word for that, baloney. <laughs> There's not, the Lord's hand is not slack that he cannot save. Paul called himself the chief of sinners. Can God forgive a murderer? Can God forgive a rapist? Can God forgive... Uh, uh, an embezzler? Can God forgive liars? Can God forgive covetous people? Can God forgive truce breakers? Can God, can God forgive? Yes. Willie, if you ask him. Yes. By the authority of God's word, these people say yes. Not by the power of their decision, but by the power of the word of God. He is, he is the father, the father of mercies. Mercy has its beginning and end with the character of God. Mercy has its beginning and its end in the character of the person of God. You want mercy? Come to him. Believer, is God's mercy on you? Hello? Believer, is God's mercy on you? Are you glad of it? Yes. Then tell him so. Live it so. Praise him so. Amen? Do you need to be reminded of this? I do. The God of mercies. And then it says, and the God of what? And the God of all comfort. We'll unpack this more because that's what this whole first part of this letter is about. It anchors in a troublesome time in Paul's life. 
a troublesome time in the Corinthian church, and he directs them to the comfort that God is. What is comfort? And I, I'll, I'll come back and visit this again. But comfort is an emotional and physical ministry. We recognize it in both ways. Uh, do you guys have a comfortable place you like to sit in your home? If I was to say, go find your comfortable spot, where would that be? Do you got it in your head? Some of you, it would be your bed. Some of it would be your chair or your sofa. You got that place? What's that mean? It's a place of relief. It physically is a place of relief. But comfort is also an emotion. I would say that comfort is the experience of the warm embrace of the Holy Spirit. It's the warm embrace of the Holy Spirit to hold you and to say, it's going to be okay. I will help you. I will not forsake you. I will be there for you. And to be embraced by the character of God, his constancy and his faithfulness in your life. Comfort is a real aspect of a Christian walk that God wants you to experience. Yes, you staunch Baptists, God deals with your emotions. Woo! Praise God. God actually wants to minister to your feeling. He does. God is not simply about your feelings, but your feelings should be affected by what? Hello, doctrine. Doctrine affects behavior. Doctrine affects feeling. And so does bad doctrine. So come to the good doctrine of the word of God and let this God who's the God of all mercies and the God of all comfort be your God. If you don't know him, come to him as your savior. But if you know him, walk with him in these characteristics and these attributes where you praise God for his mercy that he's given you and the comfort that you receive from him based on his character. What's encouraging to me, and this is borne out in the book of 2 Corinthians, is that the Lord through his spirit in the life of a believer is constantly with you ministering to your heart, ministering to how you feel, ministering to everything that you're going through. I'm trying to say that the doctrine of the Bible is that God is closer at hand than many of us realize. What happens so often is we're, we're Facebook in life. I, I, I try, honestly, when I come to preach, I try not to use my experience of the accident every service. But let me tell you something that happened in the accident that is still true today. In the course of the accident, I was not able to listen to radio news. In the course of the accident, I was not on, connected to Facebook news. And when I'm driving around today, there have been a couple times, especially at the top of the hour, where I've been at the place of almost turning my radio on. And I haven't. 
Instead, I am playing Christian music. I'm playing my Bible through my radio. And I want to tell you, I'm happier not to hear all the junk of the world. Now, I recognize, and some of you would say, yeah, but Pastor Jeff, you need to be informed. I know. I know. But I've got you. You're texting me. Hey, Pastor Jeff. Do you see this going on? Freak out. Now, you're not telling me to freak out. But I mean, I mean, again, it's natural. We're navigating this stuff together. I'm going to just say, I'm trying to say out loud, I'm never disappointed when I get my eyes on Jesus. You, you too? You there? I'm never disappointed when I come to trusting him, and we need to. It doesn't take all the trouble of the world away, but it becomes the navigation with which we go through that trouble. And we go through it with the person of the character of God who is the God of all mercies and the God of all comfort. May that God be the God you know through the person of his son, Jesus Christ.